Welcome to HD Buzzcast, the official podcast of HD Buzz. HD Buzz brings you Huntington's disease research news in plain language for the global HD community. My name is Dr. Ed Wild, and I'm in London. My name is Jeff Carroll. I'm in uh, Bellingham, Washington. This is the first HD Buzzcast episode. We're going to be putting out these episodes probably every few weeks, uh, so not necessarily as often as we publish articles on our website at hdbuzz.net. Um, and we'll do a podcast whenever we feel like something important's happened or it's time for an important roundup or uh, we want to just sort of reflect on how things are going in HD research. Right, so uh, Ed and I started HD Buzz in 2011 uh, with the idea that um, in our various capacities, Ed is a physician and researcher, myself as a researcher and also Huntington's disease family member, um, that a lot of the people we spoke to in the HD community didn't have access to what we perceive to be high quality information about cutting edge research in HD, which obviously impacts all of us affected by HD in a huge way. So we um, put together this proposal and we were um, uh, funded at this level by a consortium of Huntington's disease agencies. So the Huntington's Disease Society of America, the Huntington Society of Canada, uh, and the Huntington's Disease Association in the UK uh, funded us to start. Uh, and since then, a number of other lay organizations have joined us um, in, in supporting the website, which has been uh, really uh, remarkable and, and exciting. What we've done uh, is um, uh, recruited a, a global network of people who write stories for us and these stories can be found on our website at hdbuzz.net or on Facebook uh, we're hdbuzzfeed same uh, handle on Twitter um, uh, you can subscribe by uh, email and other ways if you want to on the site uh, the stories you'll find there are, are written by an expert in the field uh, who's uh, not writing about their own research, but rather about some other finding that we or other researchers feel uh, is particularly important for the Huntington's disease community. So it might be a cool new research finding that's sort of still very much based in the lab, but could have impact down the road, uh, or it could be the announcement of a new clinical trial, or in fact, the failure of a clinical trial. Uh, at certain points, basically determined by, by Ed and I and the rest of the team, we will write these updates and they get sent out to, to everyone via um, the web and social media. So not everybody um, reads uh, everything they see on the internet. So Ed and I decided that we might want to put together a podcast and here we are. If there's questions you want us to answer, I'm sure that we will probably end up having a Q&A session at, at the end of these podcasts. We should say up, up front that we, we can't give medical advice and we'll never tell you what drugs or supplements you should take or not take. Um, you know, if you have medical questions, you need to see a, a physician or, uh, and probably a Huntington's disease specialist. We can only ever give general advice. I guess from time to time, you might hear us talk about what we would do in a particular situation, but that shouldn't be taken as medical advice. And full details of our legal disclaimers are on hdbuzz.net. Um, but we, we do want to hear your feedback. Tell us uh, what you want this podcast to be. That's a little bit about HD Buzz. A couple of other things to mention about HD Buzz. The first is that it's a charity, a registered charity in the UK. Um, we registered in the UK because it's it was simpler to register in one country, but that, that being a registered charity in the UK is equivalent to being a non-profit foundation uh, in the USA. Um, so um, we also have an independent scientific oversight committee who comment on the impartiality of our articles. All of our authors are scientists, um, but each article is edited by 
a, se a second person to make sure that it reflects the truth of the matter as much as possible and gives a, a position that's fair. Um, and um, the other thing to mention is, of course, that we have a huge network of over 100 translators who translate all of our HDBuzz web content into a dozen uh, languages. In fact, it's 13 because this morning uh, we relaunched in Russian after a short break. So the thing we wanted to talk about today um, was the fact that we just came back last week from the what they call the plenary meeting, which is which just means big meeting of uh, the European Huntington's Disease Network, uh, which is held in Barcelona. So we wanted to just that there's um, we, we were live tweeting throughout the three days of the meeting. And uh, there will also be video sessions going up on um, HD Buzz. But we just wanted to discuss briefly some of our personal highlights of that meeting. Jeff, what did you think of the meeting as a whole? Well, I think as a whole, it was a great meeting. It was, first of all, we should say it was one of, if not the largest, Huntington's meetings ever held. One of the unique things about the European Huntington Disease Network uh, meetings um, is that it involves not just scientists and researchers and clinicians dealing with Huntington's disease as a job, but also a lot of family members and lay organizations. Uh, so this, this meeting being in Spain, there was a large contingent of Spanish families. There was live translations, uh, which I think was fantastic for the local Huntington's disease community. And the, the, the most exciting thing about the meeting for me was the, the very uh, explicit and very real um, uh, advancement of, of clinical trials. So, you know, this is a field where we've, we've had a lot of clinical trials, um, not kinds ones with the success we want obviously up until now um, but the the nature of the drugs being tested the sophistication of the kinds of trials that are happening and the sheer number of trials that was unveiled or discussed in the very early stages of this meeting was really exciting I think in the one session one afternoon we counted uh, the detailed announcement of of no less than five different clinical trials mm. start all starting in either start already running or starting in the next 12 months. Yeah, that's right. And I think, you know, one thing that's notable is a lot of things that have been tested in Huntington's disease patients up until now have been things which are thought to be generally beneficial to the brain. So these are our nutritional supplements and other um, uh, treatments that are that weren't necessarily designed with Huntington's disease in mind, although they may uh, very well help uh, the Huntington's disease brain. They weren't designed with trying to fix the Huntington's disease brain specifically. And what we're seeing now is the, the sort of steady advance of, of lab research and killing lots of mice and rats and sheep and monkeys and whatever else people are using to test Huntington's disease in the lab and, and moving now finally into good trials in people. Um, and I think, you know, I have a particular favorite, Ed, but I don't know uh, if you wanted to talk about the, the five trials that were talked about generally. Yeah, I think, I think we should, it's worth mentioning them briefly and then we can focus on the one I think that we probably agree is, is the, and we've been saying this for ages, is, is probably the most exciting. I mean, a way, you mentioned that the, the, there's been a kind of step change in the types of drugs that we're testing. And I think one probably oversimplistic way that I think about it is to think of essentially what we're dealing with now is designer drugs. These are drugs that have, that, as you say, are not just generally good for brains, but have been either designed or targeted to Huntington's disease based on specific stuff that we know now that we didn't know a few years ago. So the gene was discovered 21 years ago, and that, that's 21 years that's not been wasted. It's time that's been spent trying to understand how that mutation causes the symptoms of Huntington's disease. 
and every time we discover something that's a drug target and these are targets that are now being aimed at by these drugs which have either been made from scratch or have been uh, have been developed for other conditions and are now being aimed at Huntington's disease because of what we specifically know about that the problems that HD causes in brain cells um, and it's not for, for at least some of these it's not it's not wrong, I think, to call them designer drugs because they, you know, for for at least one of them, Huntington's disease is the only thing that this drug will work for because it was made specially for HD. One exciting thing, I think, is that there's also a number of different types of drugs being. So these are not five different drugs or trials, excuse me, testing the same idea. It's it's five different ideas mm. being being tested by these different trials. Yeah, exactly. So the first one is not a drug, but a... Uh, a, a means of delivering electricity to the brain. So there's this technique called deep brain stimulation, which is already used in Parkinson's disease and a number of other um, brain diseases. And basically, uh, tiny electrodes are inserted into the deep substance of the brain and small electric currents are applied. And it basically alters the behavior of the brain cells um, in a way that is, is thought not to be harmful, but can actually help to control some symptoms of brain diseases. So in Parkinson's disease, you can use this deep brain stimulation or DBS to help control the tremor and the un- and the un- uh, the uh, uh, stiffness and rigidity that Parkinson's causes. Um, in Huntington's disease, this DBS is aimed at controlling the involuntary movements or career. So a lot of pa- well, most patients with HD will end up having unwanted movements, and the, D- the the purpose of DBS is to try and damp down those movements. So there's a multi-center DBS trial which is um, uh, going to be enrolling at a number of sites throughout Europe uh, and um, will hopefully address the question of whether DBS is helpful for these movements and if so, which patients need to be targeted because that's an important question. It's, it's a good problem that we have the trouble remembering all the different drugs that were talked about. Uh, uh, Christina Sampaio, who is the uh, chief clinical officer at the CHDI Foundation, a nonprofit trying to develop uh, and help advance the speed of, of therapeutic development for Huntington's, gave a talk about not drugs that CHDI is developing directly, but that was very involved with de- getting to the clinic. Uh, and these are trials being run by, in fact, this is not one, but two trials being run by a company in Seattle called Omeros Pharmaceuticals, and then in, uh, international drug giant Pfizer. And they're running trials of a, uh, of two different drugs that target the same uh, little machine in the brain, and it's called a phosphodiesterase. And uh, this is not for nothing. The uh, animal trials that have been done that look at the communication between the different parts of the brain, which we know is dysfunctional Huntington's, are, are markedly improved in animals when given uh, these type of drugs. So, um, of course, humans are not mice and there's a lot to be done. But the, what we call the preclinical data, which is to say that the data that's been generated by scientists working in the lab as opposed to, you know, working in people, uh, for these drugs looks very exciting and it, it you know clearly as some sign of how exciting it is not one but two different drug companies are actually uh trying to uh, attack this target in huntington's disease specifically yeah i think it'll be fun to see uh what happens and which of these two companies does best with their own particular flavor of pd10 drug flipping things around teva pharmaceuticals which is an israeli uh company a huge drug company uh, is testing two different drugs in Huntington's disease. The first of which is called Laquinamod, and that study is called Legato. Uh, And this builds on some research that's been done that's found that the immune system behaves weirdly in Huntington's disease. It's not clear whether in patients the 
um, sort of misbehavior of the immune system contributes to damage to brain cells. Uh, but certainly what we see when we take cells out of patients uh, and do do tests on their white blood cells is that they, they seem to be overactive. The cells of the immune system seem to be a little bit overactive when uh, a person has the mutation that causes HD. And so the idea of the Lequinimod study or le, the, the Legato study is uh, that it will damp down the immune system specifically in the brain. And um, it's hoped that that will be reflected in changes in either the uh, behavior, the movement problems, uh, or uh, possibly even cogn uh, cognitive or thinking problems. Um, and, uh, you know, if, if that makes a difference, then hopefully it will slow down the progression of HD. So that remains to be seen. And the, the other Teva drug is a drug that may be familiar called Predopidine, also known as Huntexel or ACR16. And this is a drug that's been tested in a couple of clinical trials. It's not it, it, it's not thought that it will slow down the progression of HD, but it's a symptomatic treatment for the movement problems in HD. Um, and if it works, it will be a useful addition to the armory of drugs that uh, can be tried to improve people's motor function. So um, uh, two different drugs coming from one drug company, which is pretty cool. Yeah, really exciting. It, it may be worth mentioning that the uh, chief scientific officer at Teva is now... Uh, Dr. Michael Hayden, a longtime Huntington's disease researcher who uh, seems to be pushing from within for development of Huntington's drugs, which is great news you know, for the community that Michael, uh, we have a friend on the inside now, and it seems to be resulting in some, some really exciting trials for Huntington's. The flip side of that, of course, is that the drug companies will only remain interested in HD as long as the trials are working. Uh, and so that requires people to um, you know, find out, keep themselves informed and uh, sign up for whatever trials are happening in their area if they, you know, if they have the time and the inclination to do so. That's right. We never want to be the field that uh, had drugs that couldn't get tested because we didn't fill up these trials fast enough so we could find out if mm. the drugs work or not. So we've saved the best to last, I think. Um, Jeff, why don't you introduce the, uh, the uh, ISIS trial? Sure, and I think we should start this by saying that, you know, um, Ed and I try our hardest to be uh, non-biased, um, you know, as all scientists do, um, but it's a small field, Huntington's disease, and it's impossible for all of us to um, only write about other people's research. So whenever there is a potential uh, apparent conflict or the, uh, the possibility of a conflict, we try to mention it. So we should say that we're going to talk about a trial from a company called ISIS, and um, I, I have done research with ISIS in the past. I, I'm working with them now, although not on the stuff that we're going to be talking about. Um, so uh, take that into consideration. Ed, uh, Ed's clinic uh, is involved with the trial we're going to talk about. So um, having said that, uh, I, think, I think it's fair to say that not just Ed and I, but, but most scientists working in HD believe that um, the approach uh, taken by this final trial that was talked about at the EHDN is probably the most exciting uh, possible approach to treat Huntington's disease, certainly um, in the immediate future. So the idea is of these kinds of trials is called Huntington lowering, sometimes called gene silencing, which is a little bit imprecise. So these days people are saying Huntington lowering. And Huntington is the uh, gene that's mutated in people who have Huntington's disease. Um, and genes are usually made by the body to make little machines in the cells called proteins. So the Huntington gene sort of encodes for the Huntington protein. It tells the cell how to make the Huntington protein. And in between the gene and the protein, there's a, there's a copy made, sort of a, you know, jotting a recipe down on a card if you're reading a cookbook. 
And that copy is called the message, the messenger RNA specifically. And drugs like the kind developed by a company called Isis Pharmaceuticals from Carlsbad, California, uh, can target and degrade specific messages in the cell. So you have a mutant Huntington gene, but if this approach works, the cell doesn't make the mutant Huntington protein. And scientists think that it's the protein that's the bad guy. So this trial that was uh, announced by Professor Sarah Tabrisi at UCL uh, was to test a drug developed by ISIS uh, that will target for destruction the, uh, the message that tells cells how to make the Huntington protein. Uh, so in a sense, this is attacking Huntington's disease at its root. Everybody has Huntington's because they have one mutation. And that's different than Alzheimer's or Parkinson's, uh, where most people who have the disease don't have a genetic cause. They just got unlucky and got sick. Whereas in Huntington's, we know everybody who has the mutation is going to get the disease. And so it gives us a very clearly defined target. So the drug that uh, Sarah Tabrisi discussed that's been developed by ISIS um, is one that will essentially suppress cells in the brain from making the Huntington protein. And to do this, um, there are some tricky questions about delivery because unlike the other drugs we've talked about, um, these molecules from ISIS, the drugs that are being developed by ISIS are are quite large and they need a special delivery. Ed, do you want to talk about how these drugs would be delivered? Yeah, so when we talk about delivery, we, we talk what we mean by that is basically how we get the drug into the body and then into the brain cells where we want it to be so that it can do its stuff. So the, the, you know, the ideal thing would be one pill that you take once and then you're cured of Huntington's disease. And clearly that's difficult to achieve. Uh, the particular drugs in this uh, Huntington lowering trial, if you put them in a pill, they'd be dissolved by the acid in your stomach and they'd never even enter the body. If you injected them into the bloodstream, they would float around in the blood and they'd probably end up in your liver, but they'd never reach the brain, which is where we really want these drugs to be. So what we have to do is introduce the drug directly into the nervous system. And to do that, um, the, the options are basically to drill holes in the brain and inject the drug either into the brain or into the fluid that surrounds the brain, or a slightly less uh, a slightly less daunting option is to um, inject the drug into the spinal fluid, which is a clear fluid that surrounds the brain and spinal cord, and helps to sort of nourish it and helps to move stuff around in the nervous system. And it turns out that if you inject a drug into the spinal fluid through a lumbar puncture, which is a needle also known as a spinal tap. So basically you stick a needle at the base of the spine. You can collect fluid, but you can also inject a drug. And if you inject the drug, it turns out that it spreads not only throughout the spinal cord, but it actually gets up into the head, in, into, inside the skull, and it can actually penetrate the surface of the brain. And if you've got the right kind of molecule, the drug can spread throughout the substance of the brain and actually can enter the cells. And the particular type of drug that ISIS has developed is called an antisense oligonucleotide, or ASO, it's a bit like a DNA molecule, but it's been made to measure to stick to the message molecule from the Huntington gene. And these particular kinds of ASO molecules, it turns out, are actually pretty good at spreading through the brain. So if you inject them into the spinal fluid, then they spread up into the brain. They can penetrate the cortex of the brain, which is the kind of crinkly surface of the brain. They don't Where they don't reach is the very deep structures. And this is a potential issue uh, and something that we need to think about carefully because we know that the deep structures called the striatum or the basal ganglia 
are affected early by Huntington's disease. So, you know, the, the, the best drug would be a drug that gets into every brain cell. This drug won't get into every brain cell, but it certainly gets into a lot of brain cells. And we do believe that that is enough to test the drug. Because one of the ideas is that actually Huntington's is a whole brain disease. And that although we see uh, the deep st structures like the striatum shrinking early in the disease, it may be that that's actually because they're losing the support of the brain cells or neurons in the cortex. Um, and that's one of the things that, that trials like this will hopefully, will hopefully be able to help us answer in the long run, you know, which bits of the brain are the most important to treat. But as Professor Tabrizi was keen to point out, this very first trial is going to be pretty small and the focus is basically all about safety. It's about treating a small number of patients with injections into the spinal fluid to establish whether the drug is safe or whether it is dangerous. Um, the, the next step after that, once we know that it's safe, if it is, will then be to see if we can figure out, does this drug do what we hope it's doing, which is to lower the... Um, the amount of Huntington protein that, that's being produced. So the first trial is really all about safety, also obviously paying attention to people to see if um, see if there are any beneficial effects, but but having the, the whole trial be focused on, you know, this first time in people for Huntington's disease, does it have a negative effect? It's worth pointing out, though, that uh, some data was shown uh, over the summer, both by uh, Sarah Tavrizi and also by Frank Bennett, the vice president of research at ISIS Pharmaceuticals, about uh, their other human trials. So Huntington's disease is not the only uh, brain disease that ISIS is interested in. They, uh, have com they've successfully completed trials using the same scary sounding but not that hard delivery method in the, in the spinal fluid to um, both um, uh, genetic forms of ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, motor neuron disease, uh, as well as a childhood disorder called spinal muscular atrophy, which requires delivery to the spinal cord too. So, um, so ISIS has significant experience, and it should be said that they're partnering in this drug um, trial with the pharmaceutical giant Roche, which is a, a huge pharmaceutical company with sort of vast experience in human trials. So mm -hmm. this is not you know, a few scientists in their lab hacking together a plan. This is a, this is a very real, very serious approach to, to trying this therapy for the first time in people. The other thing that's worth mentioning is that you know, this is the this is going to be the first the first trial of gene silencing or Huntington lowering drugs in Huntington's disease. It's not the first trial of these drugs in humans because a similar drug, you know, similar drugs have been used in other uh, brain diseases in humans and and have been found to be safe. That's where those other trials are up to. The other thing to say is that there are also a, a number of different flavors, uh, as it were, of gene silencing. So there are different variations uh, on on the gene silencing approach. And uh, several groups around the world are working on different methods of achieving the same thing, which is to reduce production of the harmful mutant Huntington protein. And basically all of these approaches are being developed in parallel. The ISIS ASO trial is the one that w will, seems, you know, is going to reach patients first. But it's important to, you know, encourage the development of all of these technologies, I think, because we, we don't yet know which one's going to be the safest and going to be the best. And it may be that, you know, we may end up needing more than one or one particular approach for some patients and a different approach for other patients. So I think it's important that all of these are tested in parallel. I think it's fair to say that this is very clearly to me the most exciting trial that's ever been done for Huntington's. But I don't expect personally that 
this trial or even the one that happens after it, if it's successful to look at efficacy are going to be the final trials for this. So people, I think, uh, need to be excited, but realistic about the timeline and realize yeah. that these are, this is a multi-year effort. I mean, we've, you know, uh, having seen this from the inside, I can tell you that there's probably 10 years of lab research that's gone into this stuff to get it to this point. We're not, we're not starting something. We're in the middle of something. It's the, it's the end of the beginning, as they say. thing is, I guess, this, is the, this first trial is going to be very small. So there'll be a lot of people enthusiastic, and we completely endorse that. We agree, and we're enthusiastic about this trial. Um, don't be disappointed if you don't get into this trial. It's going to be running a limited number of centers, and we don't know what they are yet. The, the inclusion criteria, so the kinds of patients that are needed, we don't know what those are yet. Although it seems likely that it will be, uh, this trial will involve people who have symptoms of HD as opposed to people who don't yet have symptoms of HD. Um, and uh, but if you don't get into this trial, it doesn't mean that you can't get into the next trial or a different trial or a trial after that. So stay enthusiastic. Don't be too disappointed. And uh, you know, if if this small safety trial goes well, there will be other trials of this drug and probably of other uh, Huntington lowering drugs too. Yeah, that's right. I think the only way we're gonna um, we're going to tackle this is to have an engaged population of people who are paying attention and showing up at the clinic for trials when, when asked to do so. And I think, you know, stay tuned to HD Buzz. It's a good place to find out about these things. So uh, thanks for listening. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, do subscribe. You can subscribe in iTunes um, or you can go to the podcast page on hdbuzz.net uh, and click through that way. Um, let us know uh, what you thought of this podcast uh, you can hit us up on twitter hd buzzfeed facebook um, or send us an email to podcast at hdbuzz.net we'd like to thank uh, phil venables for supplying our custom music uh, and also thank you to jody sales uh, for the podcast production so from me uh, ed wilde in london and from jeff carroll in uh, the usa uh, this has been hd buzzcast number one and we'll speak to you again soon.